Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Journal Entry, March 23rd, 2018. Today, I watched my husband die. It was just last July when his GBM4 brain tumor was diagnosed and debulked. All recommended treatments were completed, and optimism was voiced at every appointment, yet I knew. MRIs were offered to show me what was going on, explanations given, touting no regrowth of the tumor. I read verbatim the detailed radiology reports with my medical dictionary by my side, and I knew. His strength diminished with radiation and chemo, and the steroids countered with a false strength. His independent status was changed to standby assist. It will get better, just takes time, they said. But I knew. And eight months nearly to the day, I was ready. I soothed and stroked, sung softly to his favorite music, whispered in his ear, and I watched my husband die. Hi, this is Kathy. That's my journal entry, one of them. There's a similar entry for the day my mother died, another for the day my father died, and yes, even one for the day my baby boy died. I'm no stranger to grief. People say a lot of things about grief and about people experiencing grief. And though many, many years have passed since the loss of my stillborn child, I still grieve for that little boy I was never able to hold. He was whisked away to the NICU at a different hospital, accompanied by his father. I never held him. I never saw him. Grief is different for every person, for every experience. But there's one common, universal statement that I feel applies to every single instance of grief. Grief is painful. It is excruciating, debilitating. It can drop you to your knees, sobbing to the point of dehydration. You can bring yourself close to the breaking point, trying to hide your feelings in front of others. Grief can make you want to die, just to be with the one you lost. Many years ago, I could not talk about death or dying. Not at all. I would physically remove myself from the conversation, saying I was late for an appointment, or another equally implausible excuse. Over the intervening years, a variety of losses derailed me, worsened my anxiety, morphed my situational depression into a chronic depression. Yet I still avoided the topic. Then I took a position at Shepherd Home, a comfort care home, think hospice, in Penfield, New York. It was an office job, so I figured I wouldn't be involved with the residents or family much. I figured I could handle it. And in my first month or so, it seemed the deaths occurred primarily at night or on the weekend when I wasn't even there. The change in me was subtle. A volunteer called off a shift, and I was asked to help position a resident. I never gave a second thought and donned gloves, following the directions of the nurse. These instances started occurring a few times a week. Then I was asked to help again, with a whispered comment by the nurse, She is near death. I want you to know this before you go in the room. I took a deep breath, nodded, 
and helped roll the resident to her side so her breathing would be a bit easier. I tucked pillows behind her for stabilization, and instead of immediately removing my gloves and exiting the room, I stayed. I watched her face for signs of pain or distress. We were hoping her family would arrive before her final breath. I knew if I left the room she would be alone. I stayed. I smoothed her hair, then rested my hand on her shoulder. Her family was pulling into the driveway when her eyes opened. She smiled slightly, then exhaled her last breath. I drove home later that day, knowing there'd been a huge shift in my life. My heart felt at peace. I arrived home, and in telling my husband what had happened, I dissolved in tears and cried nearly the entire evening. I think I was crying for my mother, my father, and my baby boy. Not quite a year later, I watched my husband take his last breath. Even telling these stories years after they happened, it hurts. But now it's a different hurt. Grieving these losses made me grow, made me more understanding of this last journey everyone will take. In my mind, I no longer see the darkness of death. I see the lightness of freedom from pain and suffering. I see her last smile. I feel my husband's last squeeze of my hand. The distance between that last breath and these more positive memories improved by talking about them, by a gentle touch to my shoulder, by a comforting word or hug by a friend or relative. It let me know I wasn't alone, even if I was hurting. And I was. So then, why would we want to create a podcast about grief? Because you need these words. You need to feel comfort in your grief. It is uniquely yours. It is normal. I honestly feel there is no abnormal in the realm of grief and grieving. Our podcast title, As I Live in Grief, certainly defines my journey. I'm positive it also defines yours. You may feel you want to die, but you know it isn't your time. And you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You have to somehow keep living. We want you to know that though our experience of grief might not be the same as yours, and they probably aren't, we understand that grieving is painful. It can hurt for the rest of your life, but you aren't alone. Every session of our podcast is intended to inform comfort, increase awareness, all in the spirit of making you feel others are walking beside you on this journey. Because we are. Who's we? Well, I'm Kathy Gleason, and I'll be hosting each session. My older daughter, Stephanie Kendrick, is our producer, and her two sons, AJ and Nathan, my amazing grandsons, provide support as our audio editing team. Our first few sessions will be informative, talking about types of grief and touching on the traditional phases of grief. After that, we will be branching out to more specific, touchy-feely, and emotional aspects of grief and grieving that we hope you can relate to. Other topics on our list include the loss of an infant, how children deal with grief, loss due to trauma, We'll discuss some books that might offer you comfort, and we'll talk about those sudden upsurges of grief that can occur years after a loss. 
please know that I'm not a therapist, grief specialist, or other licensed provider. I consider myself a grief advocate, and I want to offer a sense of camaraderie as you learn to live and grieve. We have much to talk about, and I hope at some point you may send us an email with a question or a specific challenge you're having in your journey. So, thanks for tuning in today. Let's walk together. Hey everyone, this is Stephanie, and I'm working alongside my mom to create and see this podcast through. I'm a wife and mom to two teenage boys, although I do joke at times that my husband is my third tallest child. My losses are few so far in my life, but I know as life progresses there will be more because unfortunately it all happens to us at some point in time. The passing of my grandmother was the most difficult one in my life so far. I lived with her for some time, so obviously we were very close and she was the only grandparent that I really had around in my life. While it's been several years since she passed, many moments are sad when I think about her. But I have so many more great memories that I share with my boys and smile about, knowing she's with me always in spirit. When I make a grilled cheese sandwich, it reminds me of her. She always made those for my sister and I when we spent the weekend with her. When I used to stick pretzels and ice cream for my boys when they were little, just like Grandma did for us. Every time I see a cardinal in my backyard or outside my window at work, I know it's her checking up on me. She used to feel the same way when she saw a cardinal. She knew it was her husband checking in on her. Every African violet I see reminds me of her especially the one in my own home planted in the pots she made in her ceramics class. She had a bay window full of African violets, and when I water my plants with her old watering can, these things all make me smile and think of her. This is what helps me through it. The other tough loss was when my stepfather was diagnosed with a stage 4 glioblastoma. Watching him through the different stages of the eight months of treatments and struggling to hold on to his independence was very difficult for this strong Vietnam veteran who was not about to give up those freedoms. While the doctors and nurses made him feel there was hope with each treatment, my mom and I knew the outcome was not going to change as we were very aware about what we saw in every scan. Again, I deal with this loss in my own ways. From always wearing camel prints and thinking of him to whatever self-defense item he bought me to keep me safe walking to my car in the dark. He's also watching over us. As I mentioned before, I haven't had many losses, but I've seen many, because I work at a comfort care home in Penfield, New York. Yes, the same one my mom worked at. At first, I thought it would be difficult to handle being around that atmosphere all the time. Yes, some deaths are not pretty, but I've come to find out that many deaths can be a beautiful, peaceful experience. I'm there to hold a hand, stroke their hair, talk to them, help care for them, and whatever else we need to do to make them feel comfortable. It's also just as much about their family members and friends who come to see them as well. Giving them a smile, talking with them about their memories with their loved one, crying with them, and many times just being there saying nothing at all but just touching their shoulders so they know they aren't alone. For many people, it's very difficult for them to walk back into our doors after they've lost someone at our home, but we love keeping in touch to support them however they need us to. Everyone's grief journey is different, but it's theirs. We need to learn to support someone wherever they are in that journey, but most of all, we need to accept ourselves wherever we are in our own journey as well. We hope this podcast helps bring to light the fact that your grief is normal no matter what you are feeling in your grief journey. We hope you will all reach out to us with questions, share your stories, share your feelings, and whatever else you want to share with us. 
We're here for you to walk alongside you on this path. Thanks so much for listening with us today. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.